Get that water out of the goddamn huddle. I'll tell you when you get a fucking water break. Welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Ralph Phillips. I'm Molly Bay. Today is October 16th, 2019. Just got finished doing the coach's film for the London game against the Panthers. How are you feeling after that one? Well, I'm feeling pretty much about what we felt after the game. Uh, a lot of the stuff that we thought was the problem was the problem. A couple of other different things, but we'll get to that in just a second. First, I want to do some fact checks and follow-ups. Fact check. The 2011 London game score against the Bears was 24-18 for the Bears. Not 45-something like Molly had said. You just love these when I'm wrong. Yes, I do. <laughs> 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 a follow-up. Austin Collie was the wide receiver who Peyton Manning benched for trying to catch the ball one-handed. Oh, wow. Okay. I remember that name. Where's he? Disappeared. D- he's probably in a corner somewhere sobbing because <laughs> he disappointed Peyton Manning one time. Not as bad as Aaron Rodgers, though. Oh, gosh. Get Aaron Rodgers mad at you. He ain't never throwing you the ball again. I like to watch their games now and just think <laughs> about every time one of the receivers misses how bad he just pissed off Aaron. Well, that'll be the last target he gets this game. I, I don't know how Jimmy Graham is still on that team. Why? I think he gets a lot of drops. Okay. Follow-up. Scotty Miller has had 10 targets and three catches. I thought he had more targets than that. I think I had said about 20. I was just pulling it out my butt, but it's only been 10. 30% catch rate, anyhow. Yeah, that's still not great. No, it's not great, but with the game film, and I've got the video up on YouTube. If you want to check it out, go check it out. It's called uh, Panthers at Bucker Buccaneers. Panthers. The Bucker Buckers. Things I found interesting, but you'll see. Scotty Miller was open quite a few times. A couple. James of, just can't see him. He does well. James can't see. I mean, him. can't see a lot of people, but Scotty yeah. Miller in particular because he's so tiny. That's funny we say tiny, but I mean he's a normal size dude. Yeah. Was he five eleven? He's like an average five ten, five eleven yeah. person. Just not an average football player. No, not a big old dude like. What's his name? Anthony, gosh, I want to say Collins, but it's not Collins. On our team, defense. Big tall guy, six foot eight. Nelson. Anthony Nelson. Yeah. We don't play him a whole lot. All right, let's get to the game. What did Ralph see? To give it a summary, Winston was bad. <laughs> we all knew that. And I was thinking, well, you know, you watch the game film, you see different stuff. Maybe it wasn't Winston. Maybe he was under a lot of pressure. No, he was just bad. He was really bad. I started kind of charting out things or just keeping track of all the mistakes he made. He had happy feet nine times where he scrambled out of the pocket when he didn't need to, or he scrambled around when he didn't need to. Almost every sack was due to him scrambling into defenders or running backs, not picking up blitzes. So not the offensive line. No, no. The offensive line played well, played well. I really like Earl Watford. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, he did a good job. I think I only saw one mistake that he had where he whiffed on blocking Luke Keekley. Oh, yeah, that one was funny. During a run play, yeah, he almost fell down. It was like Keekley glitched. Like, he was in front of him one second and then not the yeah. next second. And Earl was like, where'd he go? He did like an ole. Yeah. Just zip. Uh, he, okay, so Winston had happy feet nine times where he rushed out of the pocket when he didn't need to or rushed around when he didn't need to. Uh, Through six bad passes where they were either over the receiver, behind the receiver, at the receiver's feet. He had two poor decisions. Only and, two? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that doesn't include the scrambles right. and the happy feet. <laughs> right. That was just two where you went, uh, you shouldn't have thrown that past. <laughs> okay. 
And uh, the big one was he had five times where he did not see the field. He did not see wide open receivers. So, yes, the vast majority of blame for this game goes squarely on Jameis Winston's shoulders. I just don't understand it. He really regressed this game, and I don't understand why. I don't either. You know, but he seems to have these games every now and then, and this is just one of those times. He Now, the Panthers blitzed a lot. I mean, they blitzed a lot. I didn't chart it out to see exactly how much compared to the Buccaneers, but we didn't blitz hardly any. It was two different, completely different game plans on the defense. But we did. they did blitz a lot. We picked up a lot of their blitzes. But like I said, the running backs, all of them, uh, Ronald Jones was the worst defender. But then, and that is why he is not starting. Probably, yeah. He's he seems to be the worst in pass protection. Adari, he was the second worst. And then Peyton Barber had one time I saw where he did not pick up the a defender well. But yeah, a lot of the sacks and and issues with Winston being under pressure was because the running backs just were not picking up their guys or they would miss them or they would, you know, chip them but not chip them enough. And they were able to get through, put pressure on Winston or sacking. So that would be the second thing. Winston being bad was the first thing. Running backs bad at pass protection would be the second thing. Now, the third thing I would say would be the coaching. We got out coached. Again, this is what happened in New Orleans. Yes. They were blitzing all the time, just about. And we did not have a counter for Winston. We didn't have enough checkdowns. We didn't have hot routes. We didn't do slants. I mean, they were leaving the back end or the front end of the middle of the field open all the time. And we had never had anybody going in that direction. So they should have realized that they were, that the Panthers were blitzing a lot. And, you know, I don't know if it was Winston not, you know, reading it and changing the play at the line of scrimmage or if the offensive coordinator just didn't adjust to it. And then the last thing was our wide receivers dropping passes. Uh, that one by Mike Evans. There was two by Mike Evans. That one was, oh, I mean, I was dropped right in the breadbasket. That would have been a touchdown. And then there was another one late in the game where he jumped up and it went right off his hands. It was like a 40-yard or two. He had it bounced right out of his hands. Uh, he had dropped passes. The only one that didn't have dropped passes was Chris Godwin. Uh, Dari dropped a pass. There was five dropped passes that I counted. So, I mean, when you combine all that together with five dropped passes, nine times when you scramble, you get happy feet, uh, six bad passes, two poor decisions, and five times you didn't see open receivers down the field, you cannot win. And then plus your running backs whiffing on blocks. Running backs whiffing on blocks, all the turnovers. It was just, it was just a bad performance on the offense. The defense, on the other hand, played great. The offensive line played well. Offensive line played very well. So they're the only unit that played well on the offense, but they're getting all the heat. Yeah, it's funny how that works, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, it makes them look bad because when Jameis Winston scrambles, you think, oh, he's under pressure. Right. The vast majority of the time that he scrambled, he was not under pressure. He got he just had phantom pressure. And then sacks, that looks bad on the offensive line. Yes, there might have been one sack that you could attribute to the offensive line. Out of seven? Out of seven. That's bad. Uh, Chris Godwin played well, of course. His stats showed it up. You know, and, and you know, people are giving Jameis Winston a hard time, but you know, he is the, he is the one throwing Chris Godwin the ball. I mean, Chris Godwin's not just like having the ball teleported to him. It right. is Jameis Winston throwing the ball. Yeah. So when you have a receiver get that much yardage, you got to give a little bit of credit to the quarterback. I mean, when Jameis Winston was throwing the ball, when he wasn't you know running around with a chicken with, like a chicken with his head cut off, he he did pretty well. If he would have just stayed in the pocket, it was so interesting watching the difference between. Jameis Winston and Kyle Allen in the pocket. 
You know, Kyle Allen was just calm, cool, and collected. If he felt pressure, he threw the ball, which we got a lot of pressure on Kyle Allen, especially the first quarter. I mean, the first quarter, I don't think there was a pass play that we didn't get pressure on him, but he was just he'd just get the ball out. Whether it was a bad pass, which he threw quite a few bad passes, uh, or you know, throw it in a tight coverage, it didn't matter. He'd just get the ball out immediately when he felt pressure. Jameis wouldn't do that. And there was quite a few times where Jameis should have done that because he had wide open receivers. But he would pull the ball down and start running around. Our defense now, our defense played good. There was the one play, uh, who was it, number 10 or 10, not number 12. Can't remember. We went up against uh, Vernon Hargreaves. This was on the, the drive where they scored. the. They started off on the one-yard line, went 99 yards, scored a touchdown. There was a large pass play down the left sideline. Uh, Vernon Hargreaves was covering his guy. The guy caught the pass. That should have been a penalty because the guy, number 12, I can't remember who, what, what, what his name is. DJ Moore or I think it was Samuel. DJ Moore. I think it was DJ Moore. DJ Moore. Yes, it was DJ Moore. He pushed Hargreaves so hard in the back that Hargreaves almost fell, and he pushed him five yards away from him. How the refs didn't see that is beyond me. But you know, we, we've had a, a rash of these things, and that is what caused the separation, allowing DJ Moore to catch that long pass. Take that play out of the equation, and they probably would not have driven down 99 yards and scored that play because that was like a 40-yard pass. Now, when you notice that we get screwed by the refs, are you looking to see non-calls that work against the Panthers too? Oh, yeah. Well, I point out a couple of them in the video. Okay. Uh, uh, Vita Vea hit Kyle Allen in the face a couple times. Oh, yeah. He hit him with his forearm he did, he too, like, like right to the face. He like elbowed him in the face. Yeah. That wasn't called. Uh, we did get uh, – Jameis Winston got hit in the helmet a couple times, and that wasn't called. Then there was the sack by Gerald McCoy. Gerald McCoy left his feet and put all of his weight on Jameis Winston when they went to the ground. He landed on top of Jameis Winston with all of his weight and left his feet to do it. That should have been a penalty. But he's such a nice guy, Ralph. <laughs> he had. He wanted to prove a point. Maybe he softly belly flopped. He yeah. landed on him like a cloud. Oh, right. <laughs> but yeah, the ref was standing right there. I don't know how that's a penalty. And that's one thing I hate about all these new rules. Besides the fact that I just hate them just for their intentions. You know, I think it's silly to, you know, try it's to... It's a dumb rule. It, that, that, all these rules are dumb. But the problem is, is that they're not consistent with them. You know, they'll call them. Sometimes it's like they hands to the, the helmet on a quarterback. Sometimes they call it. Sometimes they don't. And... You know, landing on the quarterback, sometimes they call it, sometimes they don't. Hitting the quarterback below the knees, sometimes they call it, sometimes they don't. And it's just the inconsistency. And there's a thing in engineering, they say the more complex something it is, something is, the easier it is to break. And that's how I feel with all these NFL rules. If you look at the NFL rule book now, it's thick. You know, it's, it's, they've just been adding rules and adding rules and adding rules. And that's, go, that's it's breaking the system. It's just too much. It's too much for these refs to have to watch. So they're going to miss some, and sometimes they're going to be, you know, make bad judgments on them. Uh, there was one time where uh, Pinion got hit after punting the ball. Two refs standing right there. Guy slams right into him. And he landed on his ass. Yeah, it wasn't like they just kind of shoved him. No, no. Guy slams right into him. Pinion falls down. He turns around to the refs immediately. And it was like, what? They didn't call it. Quite a bit of that. Quite a bit of that. But this, this wasn't a game where I'll say that the refs tilted the game. You know, I mean... You could make an argument for it. They didn't do a good job, of course. But it wasn't like that Monday night game against with the Bears and the 
Green Bay Packer, or not the Bears, the Lions and the Packers. Oh, the Lions got so they screwed. Totally hosed the Lions oh. that whole game. Eesh. You know, they got to do something about this ref stuff. And the best thing to do is to remove a lot of these rules. They're just, they're silly. And that game in particular is a perfect example of why having a large market team is advantageous when it comes to that. Mm -hmm. Because the Packers, all these calls went in their favor. The Lions got totally screwed. They don't have a big market. The Packers do. Right. Yeah. Well, they got a big market as far as their city is concerned, but the fan base is not that large. Uh, Green Bay is actually a, a very small market. It's actually the smallest market in all of sports. Green Bay, Wisconsin, population-wise. But, right. you know, as far as fan base, it's right. huge. Detroit does not have that huge fan base. So, yeah, they, they don't get the calls that... I mean, they never would have they, they never would have called that at Green Bay against the Green Bay guy. No, they never would have done it. Especially to turn the game like that. And those two penalties cost Detroit the game. And they were both wrong. Detroit was the better team in there. But the third team, the referees, were playing for the Packers, apparently. But yeah, back to the defense. Our defense played very well. Uh, we generated pressure without a lot of blitzes. Uh, again, most of the passing receptions were due to uh, the linebackers, mainly Devin White. Which that's been the story all season. Yeah, the it, was it was Kevin Minter. Kevin Minter before, right, right. Uh, Devin White is the one that gave up the pass to uh, Greg Olson. I think it was a. 20, 30-yard pass when they were backed up. They were in the 13 on that 99-yard drive. He gave that one up. He also gave up, uh, you know, he, he had mistaken coverage on the McCaffrey touchdown where McCaffrey had that swing pass and there was nobody covering him. It was because Devin White was supposed to be covering him. Devin White was too busy on the other side of the field. With Double, Levante David. <laughs> yeah, with standing beside Levante David. Uh, it, it's just an issue with this defense that I think if they can get it down – it's going to make a huge difference in our reception totals against the opposing team. It's going to reduce that quite a bit if we can just get the the linebackers to get a little bit better in their coverage, to know where they're supposed to be. Really, it seems like they're they're in the wrong spots a lot. Uh, the the secondary played well. You know, uh, Carlton Davis gave up a pass. Other than that, you know, he he was pretty good. They're getting some heat. How would you even be able to prove that it's not the secondary statistically? I wonder. The, the only way you could do it is to see who is catching the ball and who's covered, whose responsibility it is. And the only way you could do that is by watching the field. Yeah. You know, I mean, now our cornerbacks and our secondary is going to get beat. It's just going to happen, you know, especially the way this defense is designed. But, you know, a lot of it is either the referees are not calling the pa offensive pass interference or, you know, the linebackers are not in good coverage. But it, if you look at the uh, possessions – we had, I think, 13, no, 16. We had 16 possessions. They had 16 possessions. Of those 16 possessions, five of them started off in Tampa Bay territory. Of our 16 possessions, only one started off in Carolina territory. So they had much better field position, you know, and that was due to the turnovers mainly. But their plays, they only had two drives that were over, that were 10 plays or longer. Wow. We had... Too as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're even there. I gotcha. Uh, but the yardage is is what I was looking at. We had they had one, two, they had four possessions that were over ten yards. Ten yards. Yes, that okay. gained over ten yards. Okay. Four. 
So that means 12 possessions they had, we kept them under 10 yards. As a matter of fact, five of them were either zero or negative yardage. Okay, when you say possessions, you mean like they first, got, second, third down? Yes. What? Yeah, yes. Wow. Yeah, in, in, uh, if, if you look at ours, we had nine possessions that were over 10 yards. Most of them were way over 10 yards. We had 19 yards, 37 yards, 14 yards, 46 yards, 39 yards, 75 yards, 75 yards, 22 yards, and 49 yards what? gained. They didn't gain any yardage on us. I mean, it, we, we, our defense really shut them down. The, they had the one where they started off on the one-yard line, drove 99 yards, and scored. That one, a large chunk of that was on that play where they got pushed. Vernon Hargreaves in the back. That should have been offense pass interference. That would have backed them up. There's no way they would have driven down the field 99 yards. Guarantee you. Without cheating. Without cheating. And in the uh, first play, or the, the their first possession of the fourth down, they... Fourth quarter. Fourth quarter, they drove uh, 75 yards and got a touchdown. Other than that, all their scores were short yardage. They, you know, on the turnovers. Wow. So it's not like they were just driving down the field on us and scoring. Which that, when when you see that, that's when you go, oh, man, your team sucks. You know, when the guys get to – because that's what we've seen with our defense for, the what, the past five years. Yeah. You know, just teams can just drive down the field and score on us. A yeah, little, at anytime, will. At will. Yeah, no, they couldn't do that here. You know, and the teams have not been able to do that with us this year. Our defense played very well. We had a lot of weird-looking uh, formations, as usual. They're always throwing something different in there. It's fun to watch. But got to give props to our defense for – I mean, you got to figure seven turnovers. Seven turnovers, and what, they, they scored 20 points off of seven turnovers? I mean, that's incredible. We, we kept on the field goals and, you know, just really did a, a great job or, you know, made them punt it. I mean, the first, the first interception, they got the ball on our 31 – no, our 29. They got the ball in our 29, that first play where Jameis Winston threw the interception. They lost two yards on four plays. Wow. <laughs> I mean, they ended up with a negative two yards on that drive, and they ended up having to kick a 31-yard field goal. Uh, the next interception, they got the ball on the 36, on Tampa Bay's 36. They scored a touchdown in four plays. Then they got a fumble, and they had to punt it. It was three and out. Then they got an interception on our eight-yard line, and one play scored a touchdown. Then there was a muffed punt. They got the ball on our 17. They lost four yards on that play. Net four yards on that drive. Ended up, no, they gained six yards on that because of a penalty on Tampa Bay. But they ended up kicking a field goal from Tampa Bay 11. So they got the ball on the 17, Tampa Bay 17. They ended up kicking a field goal from the 11. So our defense held them there. Then they got an interception on the Tampa Bay 24. And in four downs, they got one yard. <laughs> wow. And then they kicked a field goal and missed it. So, That's crazy. Yeah, our, our defense really did a good job. And our run defense is just seriously no joke. There was one, towards the end of the game, they were running the ball. And we had a lineup. This was so awesome to see. We had uh, Shaquille Barrett. This was on the defensive line. We had Shaquille Barrett, Nacho, uh, Will Golston, Vita Vea, uh, Nadama Kangasu, and Nassib on the line. They couldn't go anywhere. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that every single run was a tackle for a loss. <laughs> we were just blowing them up at that point. Yeah, it was it was really neat. But yeah, our our offense just crapped a bed, and a large part of it was Jameis Winston. And that's what cost us the game. You know, and and you want to say just logically say, well, Carolina's defense played really well. Uh, you know, I, I just didn't see anything. Mario Addison did good. He did he did okay. 
He did. He couldn't do much against Donovan Smith. Donovan Smith played really well. I think there was one. He he got beat one time. Donovan Smith did. Uh, Josh Wells, of all of them, he was the weak link, but he wasn't horrible. And he didn't have a lot of practice that week. He that's right missed a day because his wife was having a baby, and. They didn't decide that he was starting because who else was going to start? Zach Bailey, I think. Zach Bailey. And he broke his ankle in practice. So Josh Wells had like one day of practice before they leave to go to London. And what surprised me about that was is that they didn't give him a lot of help. Interesting. Yes, they did not keep tight ends they in. Trusted they trusted him, apparently. Yeah, and the running backs were... But really, no help at all in the <laughs> passing game. If we're being honest. Yeah, it was pretty bad. The running backs gave up a lot of stuff. They looked really confused. Now, that's where, if, if I were to give the Carolina Panthers defense credit, I'm going to give it to, what's their defensive coordinator's name? Washington. The Panthers? Yes. Yeah, Washington. Okay. He did a good job of showing a lot of different looks, confusing Winston for sure. Uh, but the the running backs, they, they got confused as to who they were supposed to block a lot. Interesting. So I would I would give them credit for that. But as far as like, you know, what Jimmy's and Joe's matchups and everything, they didn't they didn't beat our offensive line. So that's why I would say that the, you know, the the, the Carolina's defense didn't it just didn't really impress me. What impressed me was the coaching. That was that was pretty good. You know, just all the, the different looks and the confusion that they got our uh not our offensive line, but Winston and the running backs in as far as Pass protection was concerned. What do you think about their coverage? That yeah, was pretty good, but you know, like I said, Winston had plenty of opportunities to make great passes. There was there was quite a few instances. If you want to see it, go look at the video where he had guys wide open. Well, I mean, that's typical, right? But that's also bad for the secondary of Carolina to have guys that wide open. Yeah. We don't have guys that wide open. We used to, but it's rare now if we have guys wide open. If they are, it's usually on the linebackers. Devin White. (laughs) Kevin Minter. Kevin Minter. So, yeah, the secondary did not – the secondary of the the Panthers just wasn't that great. Uh, They they had a lot of busted coverage on us because we had way too many guys wide open. And if Jameis Winston would keep his feet still, move around in the pocket a little bit, but keep his head downfield – we would have won this game easy, even with the seven turnovers, because there was so many times, like I said, there was five times, five times where he had open receivers downfield. And I'm not talking about, you know, check bounds. I'm talking about guys blazing down the field wide open for touchdowns. Generally, there, there was what, three or four of those. But And again, we lost by 11 points. You only need to hit two of those for touchdowns to change that game. Yeah. And like I said, with Scotty Miller, and we talked about this in the last podcast, just stop throwing the ball to Scotty Miller. Yeah, I've changed my mind on that. Okay. That guy was getting open. James, James just couldn't see him. He, he, would never, he wouldn't see him. There was a couple times he blazed down the field and just beat all the coverage, and he was wide open, and James Winston was either you know running around like a chicken with his head cut off or just didn't see him at all and threw it to somebody else. So I, I think Scotty Miller is going to be an asset to this team. He's fast, man. That guy's fast. James has just got to get the ball to him, mm-hmm. sounds like. Yeah. James Winston needs to stop worrying about pressure. He's He's – too dependent on his feet. And I think this goes along with what Bruce Arians says about him trying to be Superman. He's not trying to be Superman by throwing the ball. You know, he's trying to be Superman with his feet. I guess you could call him the Flash then instead of Superman. But, you know, he needs to really, really, really start working on keeping his eyes downfield, scanning the field, keep his body in, in constant preparation to throw that ball, bounce around in that pocket. 
you know, the only run out of the pocket when it's a last resort, because almost every time he got tackled, it was because he ran into a defender. Almost every time. You know what was the most annoying to me watching him scramble was that he often ran to the guy who just had to stick his arm right, out. Yeah. And it was especially like there would be our offensive lineman between that defender and Jameis, mm-hmm. and Jameis runs past our guy. So our guy doesn't have the momentum anymore right. to help the block. Yeah, yeah, the leverage. So the guy he's blocking just, just leans turns over. around or yeah. leans leans over, puts an arm listed. out. Yeah. yeah. And that the Gerald McCoy sack, the 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 one I was talking about where he put all the weight onto Jameis Winston, when he sacked him, Jameis Winston had no reason to run out of the pocket. I don't know why he did. And he runs right beside Donovan Smith, who's got his guy under control, but he runs right by him. And it was 77, Kyle Love, who reaches out and grabs hold of Winston. Well, Winston gets out of his grasp, spins around backwards, and runs back into the pocket, which was, I don't know know what that was all about, and runs smack dab into Gerald McCoy. He's He's got to learn. To, to calm down, stay in the pocket, you know, only run out in last resort or if you know you're going to pick up good yardage. You know, but this running, you know, he, he's not running across the line of scrimmage. He's just trying to get out of the pocket, you know, to the left yeah, or right. Yeah, he usually runs to the left, I think. Usually he'll spin. Yeah. yeah. He, he spins to the left. But, you know, he's got to stop doing that. You know, trust your blockers. If you get sacked, if you get hit, then let it be. That's their fault, you know. You know, this because what he does when he scrambles is he puts the ball down, he puts his head down, and he starts looking around in the pocket. He's not looking downfield anymore. And these guys are getting open. So there's that. A couple of things I want to point out. Our defense never, ever gets tricked. This was an issue I had for years with the Buccaneers. You know, when there was a bootleg or some fake plays. <laughs> they bit every, every time. time. Especially Gerald McCoy. Especially Gerald McCoy. They bit every time. Well, now, never ever they they are probably some of the football smartest people i've ever watched i mean the whole defensive line keeps their eye on that ball and they they never get fooled you know there might be one guy every now and then gets fooled but the rest of them are you know they they're running right to the the ball so that's really impressive to me Adama Kongasu, he never gets fooled uh carl nassib every now and then he'll try to come in to the back he likes to come into the back and uh, grab the runner from behind, so he'll get fooled doing that. But Vita Vea hardly gets fooled. Sue hardly gets fooled. Shaq Barrett never gets fooled. This guy, I've been watching him, and if you go back and you listen to the podcast when we first got him, I said one thing about Shaq Barrett: you're going to get two things. You're going to one thing. You're going to get two things. <laughs> <laughs> one thing with Shaq Barrett is you're going to get one great play a game from all the games I watched him with Denver. You're going to get one great play a game, and he never makes mistakes. Now this is six games in. I have yet to see him make a mistake. That is incredible. The guy doesn't make mistakes. He always keeps contained. He always is in the right spot at the right time. It's just, I've never seen anything like that. You know, a guy that never makes mistakes. Good pickup by Jason Light. Got it. Yeah, definitely. Another interesting thing. Vita Vea loves this game. He loves this team too. He is always on the sideline when the offense is out there. Jumping up and down, hooting and hollering, and just so excited. He does that little thing, that Hulk thing, where he <laughs> he flexes his arms down by his, you know, he's like, oh, oh. And uh, every time you see it, get a glimpse of the sideline, look for Vita Vea. You're going to see him. He's going to be near the ball if it goes out of bounds or whatever. And he's going to run over and congratulate guys and all that. I mean, he's just got a lot of juice. 
Him and Bo Allen both. But Vita Vea is just, you can just see him. He just loves this game. He loves playing football. Like I said, I like 71 Warford. He, he plays tough. Ryan Smith. Okay, we all know that he got that ball on the one-yard line on special teams after the punt. We all know he's the one that popped out the ball, got the turnover on the, I think it was a punt. Yeah, the punt that we kicked to Carolina. He came up behind the guy, popped the ball out, and we recovered it. Almost every special team's play, he was doing something like that. It was, it was, and we talked about this last year with him. He's, he's just a great special teamer, but he does some good. I, I have, I think, one I put in the video where he just blows the gunner up, man. I mean, just knocks him out of bounds on his ass, and the guy's just totally taken out of the play. But he's, he's always, he's just very, very good on special teams. He's always around the ball. He's always blocking his guys. He's just always doing what he needs to do and plus. So he had four good special teams plays. Wow. Yes. That's impressive. Very impressive. Considering we haven't had hardly any good special teams plays in yeah. six weeks. Now we got somebody out there trying to blow stuff up. So yeah, that's pretty much it. That's uh like I said, it was pretty much everything we saw. It was a little bit worse with Jameis Winston with his <laughs> scrambling. Now a couple of times he did scramble outside the pocket and do okay. And that's the problem. He'll do okay on some of these, and sometimes he'll make great plays, you know, when he scrambles. But then there's those times, which is the majority of the time, where it's just not a good idea. He would be so much better off if he didn't if, if, to put concrete blocks on his feet. You know, just make him stay in that pocket. Because those few good plays that he makes gives him this false sense mm-hmm. that he can be productive scrambling. Yes. And it encourages him to do it more. Right. And I think there was a stat, I don't know if it was last year or this year, the early part of this year, where Jameis Winston was rated one of the highest quarterbacks outside the pocket. Yeah, that was last year. That was last year. Uh Right. So, you know, you hear that stuff and you go, oh, well, you know, it's a good idea for me to run outside the pocket. No, it's not. Stop it'd be, it. It'd be different if he did like Aaron Rodgers. If you've seen Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers runs outside the pocket all the time. But when Aaron Rodgers runs outside the pocket, he always keeps his feet set. He keeps the ball cocked. And he's always looking downfield. He's yeah. never looking at the guys coming at him. He's never looking really even where to run. He's just... But, you know, he's if he sees somebody open as he's scrambling, he can zip it real quick. Right. And he, if he doesn't find somebody open, then he decides to run. Right, or throws Fine. it out of, yeah. out of bounds. Yeah. Yes. But Winston doesn't do that. Winston only throws the ball away when he's getting clobbered. <laughs> He'll try to throw it out of bounds. Uh, but, yeah, just about every bad play you could think of with Winston was because he scrambled out of the pocket when he didn't didn't have to. And like I said, it's in the video. You can see it many a times. You know, where he, while he's got the ball down and he's looking around at where to scramble to, there's wide open receivers down the field. If he would have kept his head up for just a half a second longer, he'd be had been able to see a wide open guy. But we've been talking about this for what years. That that's something that Jameis Winston really needs to work on. In this game, it really showed, and uh, I don't know if he's ever going to get better with it. I, I, I hope that Bruce Aarons and Leftwich and Tom Moore have been working with him on that. And it just, I I hope they've been working with him, and he just lost it in this one. Yeah, and. Bruce Arians did say when he gets hurt, hit early, it kind of throws him off, and that's what happened this game. He gets rattled. Yeah. 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 I thought he played better. You know, when I watched the broadcast version, I thought Winston played better in about mid third quarter in the fourth quarter. I thought he played better, but then watching the the coaches' film, no, he didn't. Oh, really? No, he was just bad the whole game. <laughs> well, his wasn't his first pass an interception. Yes. But he hadn't gotten hit at that point. No. So I don't I don't understand how him getting hit early 
affected that. Seems to me like the interception, the first play, threw him off. He got pressured on that play, believe it or not. It was a very fast pass, but he got pressure, and I think he just decided to throw it because he saw the pressure coming. I don't No, he didn't get hit on that play. But yeah, his first pass was an interception. His second pass was thrown behind Bobo Wilson. He started off really rough. I mean, he started off bad, and then it just went downhill from there. <laughs> Speaking of Bobo Wilson, we cut him. That's right. Yep, not on the team no more. I'm not too upset about it. No, no. He When you're on the team, and you're on the team because you're a punt returner, it seems like the thing to do would be to be a good punt returner. <laughs> You should maybe return a punt every now and then. <laughs> or at least catch the ball. That one he fumbled, he did everything wrong that you're not supposed to do when you field a punt. Everything. Took his eyes off the ball. He caught it on the side of his body. He outstretched his arms. Yeah, it was like the it alligator was, arms. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not upset about him getting cut. Here's when I think he should have been cut. When he was a rookie and we were on hard knocks and they told him not to leave and he left anyway, that's when Dirk Cutter should have cut his ass. Yeah, and they called him on the phone and they were like, hey, you're on the team. You need to come. He was like, well, you know, I don't know if I'll be able to make it in. You know, he just was not excited at all. And he was kind of not grateful not for grateful the opportunity. Yeah. Or... And I remember saying then, I was like, man, I don't want this guy on our team. Yeah. But, I, you know, I haven't had a problem with him, really. I mean, his punt returns have been crap. You know, he does way too much dancing around. And then when he followed the ball, that was just, I was like, you know, we don't call for people to get cut, but I was like, Bruce Arians has got to do something for accountability in this guy's situation, and I'm glad he did. Yeah, I agree, and I think it got some of the fan base... Back on board a little bit? Back on, I don't know if back on board, but it did show him putting his money where his mouth is. We said this in the last podcast. We've been saying this, but this is a good team. I know there's people out there that... From all the comments and discussions I've gotten in with people, they th- the secondary is trash. Offensive line is trash. Jameis Winston is trash. Byron Leftwich is not a good offensive coordinator. It's pre- those are pretty much the things that I'm uh, you hear from just about everybody. I'm here to tell you those things are not correct. We are a good team. I mean, think about this. We had seven turnovers and seven sacks, right? Was it seven sacks? I think so. A lot of sacks. Five sacks, somewhere in there. That's seven turnovers, and we were still in this game. 11 that, points down. 11 points down. That's incredible. I mean, that just goes to show how good of a team we have, that we could play that bad and still be in it. Our defense is going to be phenomenal. I, right now, it's really good, especially against the run. There's no question. There's nobody who's going to be able to run on us. Me and you, me and you said that in February. When, where, when, did, when did we get Vita Vea? I mean, uh, the Donald Kong Sioux? Uh May, maybe? Yeah, we said then. We was like, nobody's going to be able to run on us. And nobody has been able to. And they're not going to. I mean, the guys we have on our defensive line, I mean, Golston is a great run stopper. Nassib's a great run stopper. Uh, Vita Vea is a great run stopper. Kong Sue is a great run stopper. I mean, we got a lot of really good run stoppers on there. And all those guys are good pass rushers, too. And Vita Vea's a good pass rusher. Dom Kong Sue's, you know, he's a pretty decent pass rusher. I mean, he'll, that's not his forte, but he'll get there. Nassim's a good pass rusher. We got Shaq Barrett's a great pass rusher. Then you got there our linebackers, uh, inside linebackers, Levante David and Devin White. You know, they're Devin White made some good plays, you know, in the run game. Our secondary is not bad. I'm telling you. I'm telling you guys. It's not bad. Our biggest our biggest problem is one of the refs <laughs> not calling offensive pass interference, and our linebackers not getting positioned correctly. Now our our secondary is gonna get beat. 
all secondaries are going to get beat, but they're not costing us the game. That would be our offense. That Yes, this game was definitely <laughs> our offense. And, you know, our offense is really good. We've got above-average offensive line. Uh, we got decent running backs. We've got outstanding wide receivers. And if Jameis Winston can just get his head in check, or his feet in check, one of the two, you know, he's a good quarterback. So we've got a good team. I'm t- I'm still I'm still sticking with tennis X, man. Still sticking with it. We said that was the floor for two and four. So we got two more losses. The Titans I'm not worried about. Did you hear they benched Mariota? It's Ryan Tannehill going yes, forward. I know. Uh yeah, I'm not worried about the Titans at all. The Saints I'm worried about. Uh, Texans maybe. And we play Seattle after Tennessee. I'm not really worried about Seattle. They're just always a solid team. Yeah, they're, they're a solid, very, very physical, very solid. So are we. You know, it's the Saints. The Saints are the ones that worry me the most. But anyhow, we're a good team. It's a long season. We've had some bumps. Got beat by the 49ers. Got beat by the Saints. Got beat by the Giants. We should have won the Giants game. And then we got beat by the Panthers. We got a lot of new players, new system. I'm telling you, man, I'm just very confident that this is a good team. This is the best team we've had in a long, long time. So, anyhow, what do you think? I'm not as upset about the loss. Kind of worked through it. I am a little bummed about the bye week. I know. That's what sucks. Yeah, it does suck. It's like, man, we got football Sunday. We have to watch all these other scrubby teams. Yeah. So, I'm ready to move on to the Titans. It's at Tennessee. Yeah. Two more games on this road streak. Humphreys, uh, I, I don't think they're using him a whole lot there. Uh, but he he could do some damage to us. Uh, you know, he's exactly the kind of guy that we would have problems with going across the middle there with our linebackers covering him. I don't even know. Is he playing the slot at Tennessee or is he the is he a wide receiver one or two? We don't know. I have no idea. I don't know. I haven't watched a single Tennessee game No, this me year. neither. Ugh, they're so boring. Yeah. I know. <laughs> All right, well, that's going to wrap it up for us. If you want to, go check out the uh, the video on YouTube, the YouTubes. See what you think. See if my argument holds water. If not, well, let me know. Maybe we'll get some more salty Panthers fans. Oh, gosh, there's some salty. But, you know, they're mainly mad because I don't give them credit for their defense being so good. And I don't. I don't think they're that great. You know what? You want to hear good shit about the Panthers, go listen to a Panthers podcast. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm not saying their defense is bad by any means. It's not, it's not that great. I think we're the better team. We showed them in uh, week two. Oh, right. But one person said that was because the refs and their quarterback was hurt. Well, that's true, too. That's what you get for having Cam Newton as your quarterback. Right. <laughs> and that's my excuse for <laughs> the Carolina getting beat by Carolina. Our quarterback was hurt in the brain. <laughs> he's not He's not playing well. I don't think it was the Panthers that did anything. Not, not the, their players. You know, I mean, I think the, the coaches did a good job showing different looks and confusion. Mainly our running backs as to who to block. But even when they did know who to block, they didn't do a good job of blocking them. But it was mainly Winston. Mainly Winston. 90, 99%. So, there's that. All righty. That's going to wrap it for up. You can do it. I can do this. That's going to wrap it up for us. Till next time. Go Bucks.